One Great Conversation, a place where we strive to become whole and complete personally and professionally by bringing great minds together and giving you, the listener, the authentic conversation you crave. One great guest at a time. Welcome back to One Great Conversation. At Lux's Greats, we always regroup at the end of every financial year to reflect on our accomplishments and reset for the new financial year ahead. For dinner afterward, we checked out a new spot that we hadn't been to before, Matic Beer Brewing Company, and we were surely delighted with awesome service, delicious food, and beer, of course. We were curious about the story, so a group of us also went on the brewery tour to understand the vision behind Matic and how it all began. This episode is just a small slice of the story, and I was super inspired by what Annalise, the owner, shared with us on the brewery tour, so I, of course, had to invite her onto our podcast to tell us more. From the struggles of being Belgian immigrants in a new country with no English, family, friends, or any connections, starting a new business from scratch was very difficult. To then be the only Belgian-owned and operated craft beer brewing company in Australia receiving multiple awards, it was a humbling chat and I'm sure it will inspire anyone who listens. If you love a story of determination meets innovation to overcome any obstacle that came their way, then be sure to listen in to owner Annalise, who takes us on a journey of what it was like. Thanks and hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for coming on, Annalise. I really appreciate uh, that you said yes to come on here to our <laughs> podcast. We had our little team gathering at your Matic Beer Brewing Company. And after the tour that you did with us, I was really inspired. So thank you for saying yes to be a guest. Oh, not a problem. It's <laughs> a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited. So yes. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. So first question, I know you mentioned in the tour basically that you did air conditioning uh, when you were back in Belgium and then when you moved to Australia you moved into the craft beer brewing what actually inspired you other than you know your love of beer to start that brewery here in Australia uh, it is it is quite a bit of a story indeed coming from an air conditioning business to craft beer it's yeah. it's a big big change. The reason behind it is actually that me and my partner, we've always worked together and mm-hmm. we always had our own business together. So um, we work 24-7 together, which is amazing and, and fun to do. Not not always, but <laughs> yeah, it, is, say, it is fun not always. <laughs> <laughs> so we had an air conditioning business for over 15 years back in Belgium. We were actually servicing hospitals. We mm-hmm. were servicing chemical factories, mm. even a nuclear plant in Belgium wow. we serviced. So installing new aircon equipment in their offices, in their production facilities and so, and so on, even in residential. But that was a, a smaller part of our business. And I always refer to the fact that Wherever you go, even even ourselves, wherever we go into someone's house, into an office, we would actually never comment on the fact that, oh, my God, this temperature up here, it's just <laughs> it's just marvelous. It's just on point. Nobody does that. Nobody actually wants to know who installed that air conditioning. It is really fitted perfectly against the wall nobody cares (laughs) but when it's too hot when it's too cold when it's leaking when it's not working they're always on the phone absolutely (laughs) so after doing that for 15 years we we really had well we had good times in it but Mm. it was also a very stressful business because you had to have those on calls being like 24 7 as well especially Mm. in operation quarters and everything from the hospitals but after 15 years we we just didn't got the rewarding factor Mm -hmm. towards ourselves anymore but then we wanted to migrate to Australia as well and Jimmy and myself my husband we've always been brewing together in our back garden house in our garden house 
we always had great fun together. And when we were giving that beer to our guests and our friends and everything, it immediately put a smile on their face. And they wanted to know how we brewed the beer, why we brewed the beer and how long it has been fermenting. They wanted to know everything about it. And we see that here as well within the craft beer industry. When, When we bring out a beer, there is such a demand for it to know where it all came from, what's new, why we did it. Mm. They also want to know about us, about the brewery, about the story. So it's it's a completely different reward that we get yeah. and, and that is really nice. Yeah, that does sound like I even feel motivated hearing that that passion from them would keep you going. I think. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and and even with the grades, I, I know that those grades get installed in public spaces and everything yeah. as well, but nobody ever wonders, oh, they, oh, oh they my don't. God, those grades are yeah. perfectly installed. Yes. Who did that? Yes. Nobody does. No, no, because it's always about the tapware or, you know, the, the other types of fittings or the tiles, but that beautiful grate that makes everything look seamless, I feel like that's overlooked. So you're right. We're on a mission in that space <laughs> to look at the great first absolutely (laughs) oh thank you for mentioning that that I think the Lux's team will appreciate that (laughs) so yeah I did actually hear a little bit about the challenges that you and Jimmy faced in the early days when you moved to Australia and you're brewing from your garage I think what is it 35 square feet or you know it's quite small obviously so I would love for our listeners to know a bit more about those challenges in the early days and how you overcame them. So again, back in Belgium, we had a very solid company. We've done that for 15 years. It has grown. It it, it had strong foundations and everything. But then moving to Australia, all of a sudden you're left with nothing. You've got no friends. You've got no network. You do not know where to go, where you can buy ingredients and all that. So that was a challenge on its own to start a new business in actually an industry that we did not really know ourselves. We didn't know what the market here in Australia was. To start that from scratch, that Mm. was a challenge on its own. But also being in a country where you've never lived before, not even actually speak the language because English is a second language for us. It's not our mother tongue. We Mm. speak uh, Flemish, which is kind of the same as Dutch. So so it was quite challenging. Mm. And also the whole migration process on its own, it's, mm. it's a big challenge to do. So we did that as a family together with our two children. They were 12 and 10 at that given wow. time. And moving to Australia, it means that you also have to undergo an English test. If you mm. do not speak the language, you have to undergo an English test. And actually, my husband failed. I the didn't en- see that in the video on your website. <laughs> he actually oh. failed the English test with only half yeah. a point. But it meant that due to all the visa conditions and yeah. everything, we were actually only allowed to live in regional Queensland for four years mm-hmm. in order to then apply for permanent residency. So it meant that we could not start a business on the Gold Coast nor in Brisbane, where actually the whole market was. So we had to start it out of our residential garage in regional Queensland, which is Pacific Pines. It's <laughs> it's it was uh, listed as regional Love Queensland. That. Yeah. Um, So we started out of our tiny little home garage. It was fully council approved and everything. So everything that we did was was legitimate. But it it meant that we had to overcome those challenges as well. How can you start a business out of a garage, something into retail where you have to showcase your product to the consumers where they have to try and taste it. So that was a, a very big challenge at first, again, with not knowing 
what our consumers would be, who our suppliers would be, the network, the distribution and everything. So Jimmy and myself, we put quite a bit of effort in marketing our brand getting uh, getting people to know our brand and everything and actually quite rapidly we were picked up by the Brisbane craft beer industry that's so good they yeah. heard about us and they came to visit us in our garage and they started ordering cakes from us for their bars and bottle shops in wow. in Brisbane and one led to the other and two customers became four four became eight eight became 16 and everything so actually in our very first year we were a nominated best new brewery for Queensland out of a tiny little garage. So it was for us a really a nice push forward indicating that, yes, we were small, but Mm. we were doing something right, something different into the Australian craft beer industry and and we were rewarded for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing that you got uh, recognised so early on. And I think, you know, like my answer to your last question I think that would really motivate you to keep going because it shows you that you're on the right path. Yes, yeah. indeed, indeed. Oh, so so with with our beers, what we are doing, we are actually the only Belgian-owned and operated brewery in Australia. So we are doing the Belgian-style beers, and that is something different for the moment. The Australian craft beer scene is actually really focused on more the American right. trend, yep, yep. very hop-driven yep. and everything, all those grapefruit, passion fruit, mm-hmm. tropical fruit flavors and everything, which we can find from the hops. Belgian beer tend to be more malt-driven and yeast-driven, so we give a completely different flavor to the craft beer industry. Belgian has been brewing since the 12th century already. Amazing. Yeah. So it's it's known worldwide. Mm. Australia does import a lot of Belgian beers as well, but here we are on the Gold Coast brewing it with those Belgian hands as well. Yeah. So we are providing something different to the craft beer industry. Yeah, yeah, a very authentic experience. Yes. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> Love it. At Luxes, we actually pride ourselves on innovation. That's our driving factor. That's what, when you think of product excellence, customer service or innovation, we focus on innovation first. And that's how we stay ahead of the market and stay hungry for the next best thing. So is innovation something that plays a role in the brewing side of things as well for yourself and Jimmy? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because we live in Australia. We are brewing Belgian-style beers. We have to call them Belgian-style because we're not in Belgium. Mm -hmm. But a lot of our ingredients actually are European as well. And that creates a big ecological footprint and everything, height freight charges and all those kind of things. So within innovation, our research and development plan is actually how can we recreate our true Belgian style beers with Mm. Australian ingredients. Okay. So we are really working hard on that. We are trialing new molten ingredients into our beers, Australian based malts. Mm -hmm. And we have been successful in that because we have, for example, created a beer, our blonde. Yes. With more than 80% Australian malts, actually malted here in Brisbane. Wow. Uh, And it has been awarded best European style ale for Australia. That's huge. On the Independent Beer (laughs) Award. So we have been successful in that. So it's very important for us to be innovative in all those things and think about the ecological footprint Mm. and and freight and everything. And also stay ahead of the competition Mm. and do new things. So it's very remarkable to know and understand that Belgian beers can be 
recreated, but also with Australian ingredients. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And do you feel as well with the team that you have at Maddox, that culture as well is an important part? Like, obviously you have those Belgian roots, but how does that sort of, this is off the cuff, not on the agenda, but how does that affect or inspire the team that work with you as well, that culture within the brewery? Mm, that is actually a very good question. So we are still a very small team, myself, my husband, and our 19-year-old son, he works with us as well. That is already three Belgians within the yeah, company. Yeah, that's a lot of influence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Next to that, we do have our hospitality staff, our taproom manager, she's Dutch. We've got sales reps. It's, it's a whole mix of culture. Mm-hmm. We also have work with Australians and such as well. But having those European roots within our business, it's 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 really nice and it showcases that true European spirit as well from within the company. Yeah, yeah, I was curious about that. And I think I felt that too when I was there. The Lika is that Lika. Lika. Yeah. yeah, she helped us when we were booking in our little like team event that we held at Maddock. And yeah, I really felt that it it goes through the veins of Maddock, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. You're (laughs) welcome. And we'll skip actually now to a listener question. I found this one quite interesting. So the listener question that came in was, I found an article about beer yoga online and I wanted to know how you came up with this interesting concept. And I actually agree agree with this because we do yoga here, but do beer yoga. That's kind of cool. Yes. (laughs) Beer yoga is actually a thing. Um, Yes, and it's actually really, really fun to do. Mm. So we last year we did a a session of 10 or 20 sessions of beer yoga and we had a good success rate on that. I can imagine. With people coming in. (laughs) So the idea is whilst doing yoga, you've got a beer can in your hand and you sip on it doing the poses and everything and it's just fun to do. It gives that more, that that playful spiel to it as well. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. And do you still do it there now? No, we do not do it anymore but if you bring it up, I'm definitely keen to start doing it. Again. That'd be really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what role does flexibility play in your in the execution of your vision? You know, unexpected circumstances can arise. I find we can't be too rigid in holding on to how we think things should be. You have to be quite flexible, I imagine. Um, yes, we definitely have to be quite flexible given the current economical climate mm. that we are in, given the fact that we actually only have come through COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard as well because from myself and, and from our European Belgian roots and how we did our business back in Belgium in the air conditioning, I can actually say it, we were riding on a train and it went into one direction and it rolled smoothly. With this new business, the craft beer industry, and given the co- coming out of the COVID and the economical climate and everything, mm. we do see that that train cannot ride on one track. We continuously have to shift tracks and yeah. and and amend and be flexible towards ourselves and, and towards the business. And it's not an easy task to do because we've been known of going into that one direction throughout our life previously. So it's, it's, it is hard for us to do, but yes, we can. And how do we do that? Whilst COVID was on, we saw that people couldn't come to the tap room anymore. So we shifted over into more cans. 
because the bottle shops were ordering way more cans because everybody was staying at home, going to the bottle shop, grab mm-hmm. some beers and, and drank them at home. Now with the economical climate, we also see a slight decrease in the tap room uh, mm-hmm. people coming through, but they they do tend to be more spending a whole afternoon with us. They want to make their visit worthwhile rather than a quick drink and everything. So how can we accommodate to that experience so that they will stay longer with us and have a great afternoon? So those things is something that we always have to look into and and Mm -hmm. be flexible Mm -hmm. in how to operate, how are we going to operate and and do our business. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think it definitely adds to not just doing things how they've always been done because that's how it's always been done. I think COVID definitely taught a lot of businesses and a lot of people that you do have to think on your feet. And just because something might not be working one way, let's be creative and think how we can make it work and how we can continue to add value, whether that be you know, to customers, um, whether it be to the product, how can you stay ahead? And I think, and this might be controversial, but I think people who aren't clear on their vision or purpose, they didn't survive through COVID. Their businesses had to shut down, you know, that sort of thing, because it wasn't strong enough to survive, mm-hmm. basically. So people who had that will and that resilience and that grit, they found a way to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's in a way, it's a good thing because then you're left with people who really want to be doing what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's quite a strong opinion of mine, and I can't imagine it would have been easy for the people who had to close their businesses. But I think that's the nature of the beast, and the world just keeps going regardless. Yeah, yeah. that is true, indeed. Yeah. Uh, And is there a common misconception when it comes to what people think it means to be a business owner? Can you share some funny or not so funny things that people might have said over the years, opinions? Well, like first, we of course, I've got the <laughs> factor that as an air conditioning installer, yeah. nobody cares. <laughs> but when it comes to beer, it is it's funny that sometimes we are seen as as rock stars. I call <laughs> yeah. them sometimes. They hold you up here, like <laughs> yes, <God>. and <laughs> and it's it's really nice to have that experience. Mm. But it's it's hard to do so sometimes as well because. Uh, but it's also hospitality because whenever you come into the tap room, you you always have to have that smile upon your face, mm-hmm. regardless what your mood is that sure. day. People are sometimes literally waiting in the tap room to have a chat with us, Aww, myself or Jimmy. That's nice. And sometimes to go home when I'm um, done with my office works, it takes me over an hour to get from the office to the back door because everybody wants to grab a hold of me. In one way, it's absolutely nice and I truly, truly love it. But yeah. sometimes when I've got that one moody day, I'm like, oh, please, 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 please. I want to get trying to hide like <laughs> beeline for the exit. Yeah. But on the other hand, as I said before, it is myself, my husband and, a, and our son that works within the business. So that is three out of the four at home that continuously talk about <laughs> Maddox, about brewing the beer, the ingredients, customers, challenges, um, opportunities and all that. Um, and, and we go to bed with it and we wake up with it. It's mm. at the dinner table. It's when we go out for dinner. We sometimes seek a moment to let's not talk about the business Absolutely. and let's talk about something, what happened in the world. And within two minutes... 
Back to Maddox. Back to Maddox. <laughs> it's annoying sometimes, but it's, mm. as I said, Jimmy and myself, we always work together within the business. We have not known it different as mm. well. Mm. Um, it's challenging, but it's fun at yeah. the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, hopefully you're able to find a way maybe in the future where maybe you can like designate some, designate two hours once a week where if someone says the word Matic, they have to put like a dollar in the jar or something. Oh, we're going to be so rich. I was going to say you'll be so rich. With our own money. (laughs) (laughs) And this is something that I suffer with and I'm not even a business owner. I'm a podcast host. How do you handle self-doubt or imposter syndrome in your personal or professional life? Does it happen to you? you Oh, all the time. All the time. I, again, sometimes I do not understand why people see us as rock stars and everything. It's, um, I'm a very humble person and I do not need all that fuss and everything. On the other hand, it's very rewarding and and exciting (laughs) to have. I'll be signing autographs. (laughs) But it's, um, I'm just a normal person as well. And I do struggle with the fact that am I, am I, is us, is the business, are we worth doing it? Again, having received that nomination for Best New Brewery in Queensland out of our tiny little garage, we were godsmacked. We were sitting there. How is that even possible? Mm-hmm. Our audience is like 20, 30 people. How could we be known as Best New Brewery within mm-hmm. Queensland? We have to understand and we have to put our feet on the ground very often Um to see that how far we've come already because when you're in the business, first of all, you do not see it. You just work, mm-hmm. work, work. Mm-hmm. You just don't see it. And and this question, again, it's it's for me, I, I found it very hard as in being a migrant to Australia as well. I do not want to stand here and wave my flags and say yeah. everything about Belgium is the best. <laughs> no, I just want to produce good craft beer for the best beer drinkers in the world. Yes. The Australians, because they do drink. <laughs> they they definitely <laughs> do push a good beer, that's for sure. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's finding that balance, which can definitely be hard sometimes. But I think as long as we are aware of it and, yeah, we take the time sometimes to stop, step back, reflect and be grateful for everything we've done so far. Yes. And it's okay to acknowledge it. Sometimes I feel like... I'm not allowed to acknowledge it. Well, it's funny that you say that, Alma, because within my family, my relationship, we actually never celebrate anything. Mm. And and because there's always, yeah, but but if that was better, then we then we could have celebrated. But it never happened. And so we we kind of never celebrate Mm. anything as well, which is in one way sad, but on the other hand, well, this is who we are and what we do. Yeah. So it's it's really nice to see those rewards coming from the outside. But then again, I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> all good. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I I can see what you're saying through staying hungry to always improve, so that that never stops. But yeah, I think there's definitely merit in even celebrating little things, just to just that little hit of happiness. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm learning. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like one thing at a time. Yes. (laughs) And last question. If there was one thing you would like our listeners to remember from your episode today or or your story, what would it be? Don't be afraid to go for challenges. Be 
positive, be determined in what you do and never give up. Mm. That's for sure. Things can be done. If we indeed look how far we've come already, it's it's even amazing for us to understand as in coming to a country where you actually did not speak the language. It's still, when you hear me talking, I still mumble and, and struggle with mm-hmm. words sometimes. Not knowing anyone, not having a friendship base, not having a social life, not mm-hmm. knowing any suppliers or anything. And, and if we then indeed look back in that one little moment as in how far we've come already, it, it shows that, it, yes, it can be done. It is hard work, but it can be done. Mm, mm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm proud to say that we are the only Belgian-owned and operated brewery in Australia and that we are here for, again, the best beer drinkers in the world and, and trying to do our best to brew awesome craft beer. And on the best place, the Gold Coast in Australia, yep. I like to think uh, we're in a beautiful place here. So thank you so much for such an inspirational episode. Thank you for taking the time to share your story. And I know for a fact our listeners will get so much from it. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks, Annalise. Bye. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of One Great Conversation, brought to you by Lux's Greats. We hope you gain some valuable insights that you can implement into your personal and professional life. Please share this episode with others who you think may be interested in this topic. If there's something you'd like covered in future episodes, drop us a line in the comment section or send us a message on social media. To stay up to date with new episodes and to help support One Great Conversation, please subscribe or follow us on your favourite streaming platform.